1: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
2: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And we begin a new series on financial fitness. Getting your finances in shape and experiencing the financial freedom God intends for your life. Today's message is called Reality Check. This is Real Life Radio. Uh,
1: yeah, we're going to talk about money. Are you up for that? I, I got to tell you, it is true. We never know what's going to happen on the day when we kind of say we're going to talk about the biblical view of finance or something. We never know whether it's going to be a high Sunday pulley or, or kind of. Or I don't want to hear about that because there really is that thing of oh, we shouldn't talk about money. It's too personal. You know, it's too invasive. Yeah, we just would rather not. We don't talk about it. It's not polite. Um, that's ridiculous. Because, folks, I promise you, today, most of you, in some way or another, have already had to think about money, make a financial decision, even if it's just going to our cafe and counting out the right change for a donut. You've had to handle money. You've had to think of money. Maybe you've talked about bills. Maybe you've argued about money. Maybe you had to, you know, whatever. You had a conversation about money. You've had to deal with money. It's all the time with us. It's how we meet our needs. It is, it is something that is just a part of life. And I have to tell you, it's an area that a lot of people organize their entire life around. And, and you know, when you, when you stop thinking about our work, if you include that, as how we gain our resources, how we make money, there's a lot of areas of our life circle around this issue. That's why the Word talks about it so much. That's why it's such an important topic. Now, I will, will tell you, bad money management... Said another way, money mismanagement is an epidemic. It really is in America. In our culture, starts all the way at the top with the government. We are out of control with the spending and the debt. I don't even know what we're passing on to our children, or how. Because some, at some point, you know, we all know this. We've handled. If you've handled a checkbook, at some point, it catches up with you. And so on a national basis, we've got that issue. Corporations deal with that issue. Municipalities, local governments, all of our households. And sadly, there are so many kind of conflicting messages and things that happen that basically say when it comes to money, a lot of us are in trouble. I want to tell you something about this time, this series, the next six weeks. I think it's about a lot more than teaching or just kind of looking at what the scripture says about money and informing ourselves. I really think God wants to do something very powerful in our congregation. I think this is a timely word, if you will. It's something that God wants to speak to us. I think he wants to set people free. I think he wants to set us free as a fellowship, but I think he wants to set you free in your finances because that's God's desire. That's his design, freedom. And too many of us are not free. If God said to us, Hey, I've got this cool thing and we got excited about a vision, about a possibility, we couldn't do it because it's like I can't. I'm I'm I gotta make money, I gotta make up, up I gotta make this much because I got the debt, I got the expenses, I got all this stuff. I can't, God. You put it in my heart, I'm excited about it. Somebody should do something, I just can't because I'm buried. God wants to change that. I believe He really wants to work in our finances, in our lives, and set us free. And so that's the spirit within which we want to approach the next number of weeks. So I want to pray for us as we start and just pray that God would do something amazing in your finances, in mine, in this fellowship, all across the board. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for all of the promises that you make regarding finances, all of the teaching, the wisdom that you give in your word. I pray that you'd speak to us. I pray that we would hear your heart, hear your voice, and respond in obedience. And I pray for life change. I pray for testimonies of life change through this congregation. I pray that we would hear how people are truly being set free. We thank you and we honor you in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, You heard a little bit about the uh, River City University. I want to tell you about one of the classes because some of you are going to go through this teaching and you're going to say, I need some help, some real help. We've got it. We're in trouble and we need to get out or you just want to grow and you want to do something next step well we we've already made provision it's called financial peace university it's based on dave ramsey's organization they're teaching it's a great series of teaching but what's powerful about it yes yes you guys we we have fans okay we have fans waylon calm down buddy oh uh, did i say that out loud (laughs) They're one of our teachers, okay? We've seen so many people go through great experiences and be set free by following some biblical principles on finances. But let me tell you something even more significant. I think doing it in a group, making kind of some sacrifices to get healthy, it's like working out. You know, Mike brought Mike brought the point out. We don't like working out. Well, it's easier when you do it in a group, when you, when you do it with someone else. So I just want to encourage you. Financial Peace University, it's going to be Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 8, starts February 25th. Okay? You can find out information out at the uh, booth right out there that talks about River City University. You can sign up online. You can sign up there. I just want to encourage you. That is a powerful way to go through with some folks and kind of do it together and see God make a change. Where we develop our attitudes about wealth and finances, you know, we all come from different places. Okay? We all have experiences. Mine is kind of unique in that I grew up playing the sport of polo. A lot of wealthy people lot of wealthy people you know you go in walmart you see oster appliances you know i knew that guy i knew their family singer sewing machine i knew them i knew their kids i knew their family i knew them pretty well coca-cola we knew that family played polo with tommy lee jones right here actually on these grounds that used to be retoma polo center i played polo with tommy lee played polo in california with sylvester stallone liz taylor presented me a polo trophy one time she kissed me on the cheek it was so glamorous She didn't remember my name afterwards, but, you know, it was kind of cool. It was Liz Taylor. (laughs) Come on. Suffice to say, I had a front row seat to the people that we usually see on media at a distance and just like, wow, they got it all. They're on top of the world. I didn't just know of them. I knew them. I saw their families. And if you took your cue from popular media, you would think that these people should have been the most joyous, fulfilled, and content people on the planet. Because they truly could. They could have anything they wanted. They could do whatever they wanted, they could go wherever they wanted, and they could do it in style, and that was all true. But what I began to observe, and I know I remember even as a little kid observing this, and and, and their beautiful homes, and just being like, wow, they've got all this stuff. But they weren't the most joyous, fulfilled, or content people. And there were a few notable exceptions, some folks who seemed to live in balance and seemed to have some deeper understandings, but by and large, they were not the most fulfilled or joyful. Their marriages were not better. The second, third, and fourth marriages were not better. Their families were not closer. They did not raise better children or have better relationships with their children. Their friendships were not more authentic and lasting and real. They were not more generous. Again, there were a few exceptions, but by and large, they didn't seem happier. In fact, it was just the opposite. Generally speaking, the wealthy that I had a chance to spend a lot of time and observe up close seemed a bit more fearful, mistrusting, isolated, cold, even sad, than pretty much any other group of people I knew. I came to view wealth as almost counter productive somewhat of an obstacle that had to be overcome in the pursuit of joy and fulfillment have you ever seen anything like that or felt that way have you ever seen kind of what appeared to be normal healthy kind of things that were were pretty good get screwed up by a bunch of money being infused you ever seen a family that inherited some money and they seemed to be doing fine beforehand but all of a sudden it divided the family and things got weird You ever seen people do anything harmful, messed up, even stupid, because of money? Why would that be? You would think this is supposed to be something that's a blessing. It's a resource. It should create more freedom. It should create more opportunity. Why is it that so often it's not? It actually leads, it seems, almost to more trouble. I want to propose a a premise. And you can kind of, over the next number of weeks, consider it and see what you think, but... I want to suggest the reason wealth can so often become more of a curse than a blessing is that we try to operate financially outside of the reality of creation. Do you know what I mean when I say that? O- outside of the reality of creation. I think God created things a certain way. And when you operate in alignment with that creation, no matter what it is, things just work better. And when you operate against or counter to that creative order, it's like you're swimming upstream. And it creates problems. I mean, don't sit and try to... S- argue with the law of gravity from the top of a tall building. Don't do it. It's just not going to work well. I choose to reject gravity. You know, and it's it's like, no, you're just going to prove it again. You know, we've seen you do reap what you sow. We say say it different ways. What goes around comes around. It just is what it is. There are certain things that are the way that they are because God designed them that way. He created them that way. And here's the kind of main point i want you to grab today just write this down if you're taking notes financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of god's economy accepting the reality of god's economy god has an economy there is a reality when you try to go against that reality you're climbing uphill and you're going to get in trouble but when you align yourself with the reality that god has created you find all of a sudden things just work differently because they're going according to design if you have your bibles turn to matthew 25 i'm going to begin reading at verse 13 matthew 25 13 jesus is speaking and he had been asked the question lord what's it going to be like when you come because he was talking to his disciples about when he would return he was going to leave them but then one day he would return for them and they're asking well what's it going to be like and so he tells them some stories and at verse 13 he says watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour of that return Be aware. In other words, be ready.
2: And we want to take a quick break to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
2: And back to this reality check on your financial fitness. This is Real Life Radio.
1: And he goes, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. He also, so also he had two talents, made two talents more. So they knew their master's business. They knew they went and traded. They knew what he expected them to do, and they just went and did it. And they were productive, profitable. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward, and he brought five more, saying, Master, you delivered five. Here, I've made five more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had two talents came and said, master, you delivered me two. Here I've made two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent, came forward. He said, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed so i was afraid and i went and hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours and he hands him this filthy formerly buried coin back to him here you have what is yours his master answered him you wicked and slothful servant you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers and at my coming I should have received that what was my own with interest. He's like, at least you could have done that. If you didn't want to do any work, you could have at least invested it so I would get interest. Master then gives an order. So take the talent from him, give it to him who has ten. For to everyone who has will more be given and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Understand the context of this story. It is a response to his disciples asking, what's it going to be like at your coming Lord? What's, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? And he tells them these different parables. And one of them he tells right before this, he tells them of 10 maidens or the scripture says virgins. And they're waiting in a wedding tradition, waiting for the bridegroom to come and Five were wise and had brought enough oil because it could go into night and they might need to light their lamps for light. And they were wise. The others had lamps as well, but they brought no extra oil. So they're five wise, five foolish. And when darkness came, the five foolish ran out of oil and they said, well, loan us some. And the others said, the wise maiden said, well, we can't because we, then we might run out and miss the bridegroom when he comes. And so the five foolish had to go try to find oil and the master came while they were away. And it is then that he says, watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And then he tells another story, which is, which is an explanation. It's an expounding on that idea of, well, what do you mean when you say watch? What do you mean when you say be ready? Well, then he tells them the story we just read about the parable of the talents. He's telling them to live with an eye on the bigger reality, live ready. I've told you about these ten maidens, but now I want you to understand that there's something that's coming and you need to be ready. And understand something. We can take these stories, because, well, it's Matthew 24 and 25. It's about second coming stuff, right? I mean, we don't really know about that, so we can kind of ignore that. Totally wrong. We see it that way. And that's a product of actually probably some bad teaching. Jesus is just saying, this is what reality is like. And he presents a sequence of events, doesn't he? The master's going to entrust, the master's going away, and then one day the master will come back and and require an accounting. Right? That's fundamentally. Where are we in the context of that sequence of events? Where are we right now? Because we're in this story. This is not some future thing that we can go, wow, well, that's going to be a drag. We are in this. He was trying to let them know this is how you must respond. This is how you stay ready. And he's saying to us, this is how you stay ready. So where are we in that sequence of events? We're in the master's away part, right? He's entrusted us with talents, gifts, abilities, resources. And one day he will require an accounting of that. So this story is not some kind of ethereal thing that we put out there. This is like, we're we're living this story. And we are right now, Jesus is saying, this is what it's like. We are in the master's away part. He has entrusted things to us and now... He's going to expect us to make the most of it. Now, a talent was like a lot of money. Okay, We use this idea of talents. That's where we've taken the word to mean gifts and abilities. It was a sum of money, and it was a lot of money. It probably wasn't a, a, a coin. It was a bag of gold. It represented about 15 years' wages for just a regular kind of worker. So at $10 an hour, that'd be about $300,000. Five-talent guy got a million and a half. That's what the master entrusted him. The two-talent talent guy got about 600000 The one-talent guy went and buried $300,000. Huge sums of money here. By the way, when, when you stop and think about it, um, if you never made more than $10 an hour in your life, you'd make over a million dollars. Stop and think how much money goes through our hands through the course of a life. You say, well, if God ever gave me access to a million dollars, he is. He will. He will. What's interesting is two servants clearly understood their responsibility and what the master wanted done. They didn't even have to ask. They worked for him. They knew. Oh, this is what we do. We invest. We work. We multiply our resources. That's what we do. They clearly understood. What was wrong with the one-talent guy? Do you you know what struck me as I read that passage about the one-talent guy? His view of the master. Do you notice what he said about him? He said, you're a hard man. You, You reaper. You haven't sown. His view of the master totally changed how he responded and led to his demise. I just want to challenge us. Your view of the master will determine what you do with the teaching that we're going to hear on money and finances. How do you view your father in heaven? Is he angry? Is he harsh? Is he demanding of you? Is he hard? Is he waiting for you to stumble and fail? Is his desire to keep you down? Because if that's your view of the father if you think he just wants you broke and miserable and kind of scraping your way into heaven by the skin of your teeth, if you think that's what God's like, that's going to totally influence how you, the lens through which you look at the scriptures teaching that we're going to look at over the next six weeks. If on the other hand, you view your father as someone who loves you, he created you for something great. He doesn't want to push you down and beat you down. He wants to build you up. He wants to mature you, grow you. He wants to make you a person who can be entrusted with greater and greater levels of resource and responsibility. He's in your corner. He wants you to win. He created you for abundant life. Seems I've read that somewhere. If that's your view of father, then that's going to change you. That's going to to be the lens through which you look at every teaching and every financial practice and principle that we're going to look at. So right away, we better determine which of those servants are we. Do we understand our father's heart? Or do we have a distorted view of him? It's also interesting that the story reveals the master's most valuable resource wasn't the money. His most valuable resource was the servant's time, ability, energy, and focus. Because the servants multiplied resources. So when that guy buried that one talent, that was tragic that he wasted the master's money that way. But that wasn't the worst resource. What he wasted was his own potential his own possibilities, when he buried that out of fear, he wasted the potential that he had. I want to suggest to you, any improvement in any area of life begins by defining reality. In fact, they say one of a leader's primary jobs is to define reality. If you're going to be the leader, you've got to say, okay, here's where we are. No no candy coating, no rose-colored glasses. Here's where we are. That's where we want to be. Tell the truth straight up. This is where we're going to go, and this is how we're going to go. That's what a leader has to do. So you want to do? You want to have leadership in your own life and your finances? You have to start by defining reality, and that's what this is about. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's economy. Some of you say, "Well, what if I'm not a believer? What, what if I don't believe any of this? I mean, I don't." You know. Well, become one. You can be forgiven a sin. That's what Jesus made provision for on the cross. You can say, Father, please forgive me. You don't have to walk in guilt and condemnation. You can say, Lord, come into my life. I want your blessing. I want your presence. You can simply say, Father, please forgive me. I, need, I receive that gift that Jesus made possible. And more than just forgiving the sins of my past, come into my life now and lead me into a different kind of future. I want to live according to your realities. You can do that today, and I want to challenge you to do it. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, it is that simple. Pray a simple prayer. but mean it say, Lord, it's all yours. I don't want my own way. I turn towards yours, and I receive you. Scripture says immediately, become a new creation. But even if you don't believe, even if you choose not to, here's the deal. On one level, it doesn't matter. You don't get to pick an alternate creator and creative order. It's still God's law, and God's truth is real, regardless of our opinions. You ever known someone who was I've known people who have no real godliness in them. They they, they have no interest in that. But somewhere someone taught them biblical financial behaviors and biblical orders of handling finances, and I've watched them be blessed. Scripture says God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The unjust farmer, if he works in concert with God's principles, he's going to get the produce that God created in his creation. Well, the same thing is true with financial. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's creation. And I want to share six realities real quickly here that cannot be avoided and that are articulated in this story. The first one, very simply, it's all gods. It's all gods. Say that with me real quick. It's all gods. I'm glad you were able to say it because when you stop and think about it, Psalm 24, 1 and 2, The earth is the Lord's and all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. That's what Jesus is trying to say. It's the masters. What we have has been entrusted to us. This is the beginning of understanding financial dynamics that God created. And really all of life. Finance is just one area, one illustration. But it is a powerful and regular illustration in scripture because it is one we'll understand. Last week, Jerry talked with us about uh, God being the team owner when he talks about the church. And it was a great illustration of, well, God's the team owner. Right? And we all like that. Because they're like, yeah, Pastor, you better remember this is God's team, not yours. And, huh, huh, let me sit up there on your platform. We know how you are. Right? And it, it's true. It's a very good thing for me to remember. This is God's, this is His. But so is my house, because I'm His. So are my cars, my kids, my grandkids. It's all God's because I'm his. The earth is the Lord's. And by the way, I'm using me as an illustration because this is me being gentle, but bottom line, so is all your stuff. My wife says I need to be more sensitive. This is me doing it. How's it going? (laughs) So is all your stuff, your house, your company. It's God's. You want proof? Try to take it with you when you leave. You came in with nothing. Job says, naked I came in, naked I'm going to leave. You came in with nothing, you're leaving with nothing. It's all 70, 80 year loan. This is the beginning of understanding finances, folks. It truly is.
2: Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and the series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But, of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.